for the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Kate Scott. This is the update. On today's show. There's so many people thrilled for you to see you going back. The Hunt family brought you here to go to the Super Bowl, and you're going back again. Oh, that's awesome. Andy Reid is the winningest head coach in NFL history without a Super Bowl ring. But thanks to another great performance by his phenomenal young Chiefs two weeks ago, Andy's got another shot at bucking the almost but not quite label once and for all. With help from national NFL writer Lindsey Jones, we look back on Reed's journey and get into why most everyone who isn't a Niners fan is going to be cheering for Big Red and the Chiefs in Miami. We love every minute of this and we appreciate every minute of this, but it's not done. It's not done. It's Wednesday, January 29th. So, Lindsay, take us back to Arrowhead. A week and a half ago now, the Chiefs have beaten the Titans. Head coach Andy Reid is hes trying to find his family on the field after the game, uh, but he's having some trouble getting to them. What is that trouble? Yes, I'm watching Andy Reid through my binoculars. The press box at Arrowhead Stadium is... I mean, it's almost a mile high into the air, but I, you know, he's, he's a big guy. He was kind of easy to find through my binoculars. And so I just <laughs> trailed him through the post game scene and it was every couple steps, you know, obviously there's the, you know, the obligatory post game handshake with the, um, with the opposing coach. It was a little bit longer and I think more maybe mm. genuine than a lot of the post-game handshakes between him and Mike Vrabel. You know, they kind of have a long history together and I think they both respect each other a lot. But then it was, you know, just so many people were, you know, just wanting to celebrate with Andy Reid after the end of the AFC Championship game because, you know, this is a guy who's been an NFL head coach for 20 years. He's only been to the Super Bowl one time. You know, he had coached in six previous championship games, either AFC championship games or NFC championships games had only been made one Super Bowl and, you know, one of the winningest head coaches in NFL history, but without a Super Bowl ring. And, you know, he's just really well respected around the NFL. He's kind of got a beloved personality. And so it was, you know, it was obviously his own players who were seeking him out, but it was team employees. It was, you know, people kind of tangentially associated with the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. There were even Titans players who I saw kind of go out of their way to find Andy Reid, to say congratulations to him. And that's pretty rare, I think, for players to seek out an opposing head coach after the game. But, you know, finally he did make it. He he found his wife, Tammy, (laughs) his beloved, you know, sweetheart. He still actually refers to her as his girlfriend, which is really sweet when they've been married as long as they have. And um, so he finally found her. But then, you know, it was just... I spent the week before the AFC Championship game in Kansas City kind of doing some pre-reporting about Andy Reid and why his players care so much about him. And it was just really interesting that whole week to hear everybody around the Chiefs, whether it was their players or also, you know, Andy Reid's longtime assistant coaches talking about how much they wanted it specifically for Andy Reid. It'd be amazing, obviously. I mean, the, the work and, and that he's put in every single day where he's been at, I mean, he, he's had success. And so obviously you, we want to get him that Super Bowl, but we understand it's a, it's a process. We understand that first off, we got to we come in and have a great practice today and then play great this weekend and then try to give ourselves a chance to, to be in that game and get a, get a chance to get him that, that trophy. And Andy Reid, every time he was asked about what it would mean to win an AFC championship, what it would mean to win a Super Bowl, he always deferred it right back and said that all he wants it is for his players. I think more of the players, and I'm sitting here thinking about myself and all that. I mean, that's not where I go. I, I try to get the guys ready. I try to make sure I'm ready and then go play. And 
I don't look at it that way. I look more at the disappointment for the other teams that I've been able to coach uh, and how those kids felt because they've worked their tail off for that amount of time and the other coaches. And I think that really just shows you why his players love him so much and why they want to play well for him. So, Lindsay, let's get into his journey and go back to the beginning and kind of learn why everybody cares so much and is rooting so much for him. Andy spends the 80s as an offensive line coach at a variety of colleges. Green Bay gives him a shot as an offensive assistant in the early 90s. And then he he slowly but surely works his way up in Green Bay, right? Yeah, so he was the quarterback's coach under Mike Holmgren working in Green Bay during the Packers' best years of, you know, kind of the pinnacle of the Brett Favre era when they made back-to-back Super Bowls in the mid to late 90s. Bennett, the lone setback. Two tight ends set up for the Packers and Favre back to throw his first one. Rolling deep. Has a man open. Andre Risen. Here's Favre. Antonio Freeman, they're not going to catch him. Touchdown, Green Bay, as the Packers recapture the lead. The final score here at Super Bowl 31 is the Green Bay Packers 35, the New England Patriots 21. So Andy Reid actually does have a Super Bowl ring. So that's the one little caveat here. He did win a Super Bowl ring as part of the Green Bay Packers staff mm. in the late 90s. But that, you know, the work that he did there, working um, specifically with Brett Favre, and also, you know, they had some pretty um, pretty good backup quarterbacks there along that time as well, and, you know, and Doug Peterson and Matt Hasselbeck. But, you know, the work that Andy Reid did working under Mike Holmgren and with Brett Favre really launched him into his first head coaching job in 1999 with the Philadelphia Eagles, where he got his first, cha- first chance to run a program on his own and his first chance to actually be a full-time play caller, which is something that's kind of interesting now because when we talk about who is getting head coaching jobs and what coaching trees look like, you know, you seem to want a guy who's already called plays. Mm-hmm. Andy Reid wasn't actually the primary play caller before he got his first head coaching job in Philadelphia in 1999. So he gets his first opportunity to be a head coach in Philly. What is his tenure like in Philadelphia? Largely very successful. I mean, he, you know, he had a very long sustained period of success in Philadelphia. But the one thing that always was kind of the knock on him was that, you know, he wasn't able to consistently get the Eagles to championship games and to Super Bowls. He's definitely a part of the motivation. You know, we're, uh, we're sick of hearing what the, uh, what the media says about him, how he can't get the big one done. And we knocked one off the list, got the Lamar Hunt trophy back here in uh in kansas city for the hunt family and you know what we still got one more to one more goal to knock off the list he coached a lot of really good players he had a lot of really dynamic exciting offenses you know his best quarterback while he was in philadelphia for the the bulk of his tenure was donovan McNabb. Mm-hmm. You know, later in his tenure, he also, you know, he he signed Michael Vick. There was kind of some exciting times with Michael Vick. But, you know, but really it was, you know, just this kind of creating the Andy Reid offense and the way that he really likes to use running backs, the way that he builds a passing game around his running backs. Um, you know, he just, this was a time where, you know, he, he really managed to survive kind of a really harsh media climate yeah. as well in mm-hmm. Philadelphia. Um, and to just really kind of have this long, sustained period of success without getting to that next level, which I think kept him out of the conversations while he was in Philadelphia of being one of the best coaches in the NFL. I don't think he ever quite got the respect that, you know, Bill Belichick does mm-hmm. when he was, you know, making Super Bowls year in and year out. So what followed was that, you know, there were always these really talented Philadelphia Eagles teams that 
why was it that they couldn't take it to that next level? And a lot of times, fairly or not, it would come back to Andy Reid. So they make it to Super Bowl 39. That was the one Super Bowl that they were able to get to uh, when Andy Reid was head coach in Philly, losing to the aforementioned Bill Belichick coached Patriots 24-21. Andy's tenure comes to an end in Philly in the 2012 season. But meanwhile, somewhere else in the league, the 2012 season is an absolutely devastating one. So let's talk 2012 in Kansas City, Lindsay. What's going on that year? It was rock bottom for a franchise. I mean, it's it's about as bad of a season in all respects that you can imagine around the NFL. I mean, they were a very bad team. They were not very well coached in a lot of respects. They didn't have a ton of you know elite talent on the team. There were kind of only a handful, I think, of really good players. Even then, they still managed to underachieve. Their quarterback situation was not great. And then in early December... They had one of the most um, kind of horrific tragedies that, you know, an NFL team has ever experienced. Breaking new details in the NFL tragedy in Kansas City. Chiefs linebacker Jovan Belcher fatally shooting his girlfriend and then taking his own life. A young linebacker, a guy named Jovan Belcher, killed his girlfriend in their home and then drove to the Kansas City Chiefs practice facility knowing that police were following him and killed himself in the parking lot um, in front of Chiefs personnel. Their their former general manager was there. Their um, head coach at the time, Romeo Cornell, was there, their defensive coordinator. And this was kind of on a game weekend. Uh, it was on a Saturday morning in December. I mean, this was as shocking um, and horrific and tragic of an event that really has ever happened in the NFL. Yeah. And, you know, it really kind of overshadowed everything else that was going on that season. So this was a franchise that was, you know, broken on the field, obviously. This, the Jovan Belcher situation and just the really, just how horrible it was that he, you know, he killed his girlfriend. They left a, an infant daughter orphaned from this tragedy. And so this is really what Andy Reid was coming into. I mean, the Chiefs were, you know, they had the number one overall pick in the draft. They were the worst team in the NFL. And they were just thoroughly grieving. I mean, they needed to basically be torn down, rebuilt. They needed not just a good football coach to come in there, but they needed somebody who could come in there and really connect with players, could really heal the team, could reestablish a new culture there. And, you know, Andy Reid was probably the perfect fit for them. He was able to leave Philadelphia where things had just not ended great there, but he kind of needed a fresh start. And he's been through a lot of personal tragedy on his own and, you know, really felt like the right guy to come in there, connect with the players, and rebuild that organization. What personal tragedies has Andy suffered? So Andy's personal life, you know, his his sons have pretty famously dealt with substance abuse issues, and he actually lost one of his sons to an overdose while he was the head coach in Philadelphia. Andy Reid's oldest son, Garrett, was found dead in his room at Lehigh University, where the Eagles hold their training camp. Andy Reid was not with the team today. The Eagles gathered this morning in prayer. Reid's sons, Garrett and Britt, have struggled with drug addiction before. Both spent time in prison on drug-related charges. And, you know, that was something that he had to deal with. He and his family had to deal with personally. But it was also, you know, kind of in the specter of football because it was, you know, around the Philadelphia Eagles when this happened. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of people would point to as a positive trait with Andy Reid. Sometimes it could maybe be considered a fault as well, is that he empathizes with people so much. I think he believes that he can fix a lot of people and he wants to connect 
with people who have been through trauma, mm-hmm. have been through difficult situations, have maybe dealt with addiction, um, whether that's personally or within their family. So he connects with people, his players, you know, the people who work within the building on, on a very personal level. And I think he's willing to kind of reach out and take in people who have been through a lot and let them work through their own demons. So he seems like a pretty darn good fit to, to come in to Kansas City after just a horrific 2012 season on and off the field. What are some of the first moves that he makes to try to right the ship, Lindsay? Well, the biggest one personnel-wise was getting a quarterback. And the Chiefs had the number one overall pick that year in the 2013 draft. And it was interesting because that was not a good quarterback draft. If you remember the year before, 2012, that was when, you know, Andrew Luck was sitting there Mm. at the top of the draft board. In RG3, you know, some very good quarterbacks. 2013 did not have that quarterback class. So it almost felt like, you know, this curse for Kansas City. You know, you endure this horrible season of 2012 to land the first first pick in the draft, and there's not a quarterback sitting there. Andy Reid didn't panic. What Andy Reid and then general manager John Dorsey did was they went out and they traded with the San Francisco 49ers for quarterback Alex Smith. Alex Smith is headed to the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Chiefs needed a quarterback badly. They had the fourth worst team total QBR in the league last year at 31.9 on a scale of 100. A league source telling ESPN's Ed Werder the Chiefs made a significant investment in acquiring Smith. Terms of the deal not yet known. Whose you know tenure with the Niners had you know basically come to an end because of the rise of Colin Kaepernick, and you know had made Alex Smith kind of expendable there in Kansas City. And what happened was that he was the perfect quarterback for the Chiefs. What they needed in 2013, he's you know, a really respected veteran, really smart, but also able to do all of the things that Andy Reid wanted from his quarterback in terms of, you know, not just managing an offense. And I think that was an unfair label that Alex Smith has had to bear for his entire career, Mm -hmm. but he gave them a lot of mobility um, and a lot of different options for the things that Andy Reid wanted to do. So that was the biggest move was trading to get Alex Smith. He did it well ahead of the draft. So they went into that 2013 draft knowing who their quarterback was. There was not a question of who that guy was going to be. So they went ahead and they took who they thought was the best player available in that draft for a big need position that they had. And that was taking left tackle Eric Fisher with their number one overall pick. It didn't necessarily pan out. You know, he hasn't become a perennial pro bowl or anything, but he's actually turned into a very good left tackle and seven years later is still their starting left tackle. Mm. But those were just the first couple moves that Andy Reid and John Dorsey went to make that initial season. But then over the next, you know, two, three, four years, They completely overhauled that roster to the point now that the team that they're taking to the Super Bowl in Miami, there's only one player left on that team that predates Andy Reid, and that's Dustin Colquitt, their punter. But every other position has been completely overhauled. And yes, it's been seven seasons, so it's not too surprising that 52 of the 53 players have changed. But, you know, there were a lot of, you know, kind of really important longtime chiefs that their careers ended at some point while Andy Reid was there, whether it was Jamal Charles or Derek Johnson or Tom Bahali or, you know, Justin Houston, who they decided to cut after the 2018 season, and he ended up signing with the Indianapolis Colts. But, you know, so the the team that will play in Miami, will play the Niners in the Super Bowl, hardly resembles that group that Andy Reid took over in 2013. I mean, it's been completely remade a lot in his image. He's brought in guys that fit him and that fit the things that he likes to do offensively. Um, And obviously the biggest thing that the Chiefs did to 
remake themselves was in 2017 when they put themselves in position to draft Patrick Mahomes. They traded up to draft him in the first round in 2017. With the 10th pick in the 2017 NFL Draft, the Kansas City Chiefs select Patrick Mahomes, the second quarterback. It is Patrick Mahomes, the second, not Deshaun Watson. That was the apple of the Reed Dorsey Eye in Kansas City. That's the quarterback of the future that they're putting the eggs in the Mahomes basket. Let him sit for a year. I mean, that was a really bold kind of coaching move to do that, how that all played out. I mean, he managed it really well where, you know, Alex Smith could have been really angry and really unhappy. I mean, this is a guy who Andy Reid sought out to bring to Kansas City from San Francisco, right. and then ultimately they ended up drafting a new guy to take over. But it played out perfectly. For me, having that guy like Alex in front of me, who was a great guy, who, who did all the right things and was a true professional, helped me learn how to kind of prep and have a lot of success in the NFL. And he showed me what it, what it took to have success, what it took to make sure you were ready for every situation in the game. And it was someone that, uh, I mean, I really, really praise him. And uh, I mean, I give him a lot of credit that he kind of took me in and showed me the ropes. They were then able to trade Alex Smith to Washington, get something back for him, turn the team over to Patrick Mahomes. And they've just been on this rocket ship ascending ever since Patrick Mahomes took over. Yeah, now seven years after Reed went from Philly to Kansas City, He's got the Chiefs in their first Super Bowl in 50 years. I know, Lindsay, another former Eagles and Chiefs head coach had to be darn proud seeing Andy Reid win the Lamar Hunt Trophy and that AFC Championship, right? Yeah, I, I spoke with Dick Vermeil shortly after the AFC Championship game. I called him from the press box, and he was watching from his home outside Philadelphia. And, you know, if anybody knows Dick Vermeil or remembers Dick Vermeil, you know, he's a guy who's very in touch with his emotions, isn't afraid to um, let those, let his tears show from time to time. And, you know, and he said he did get pretty emotional watching Andy Reid kind of hoist that Lamar Hunt trophy. And, mm. It's not just the guys who kind of are his personal friends. I thought something that was really interesting was kind of as the fourth quarter of the AFC championship was happening and it was pretty clear that the Chiefs were going to win, you know, all across the Internet, whether it was, you know, NFL writers and NFL broadcasters and, you know, NFL players from around the league, former Eagles or just people who have played against Andy Reid coach teams, you know, unless you were like a Titans fan really, mm -hmm. or, you know, maybe an AFC West fan, you know, fan <laughs> of the Broncos or whoever, you know, people were saying, I'm just so happy for Andy. And I think it's just he's touched a lot of people throughout the league. And I think a lot of people just respect, you know, the man he is and the type of coach he's been and what he's meant to the NFL, what his offenses have meant to the NFL, what his coaching tree has meant to kind of recent NFL history, and just really happy to see him get back there. And, you know, I was talking to Dick Vermeil about this. And, you know, you know, Dick Vermeil obviously coached in Philadelphia, didn't win a Super Bowl when he was with the Eagles. Then he went to the Rams and kind of everything fell into place with him when he was the head coach of the Rams, mm -hmm. where, you know, was able to kind of build this amazing offense, the greatest show on turf. Yeah. And the final piece really was getting the quarterback in there. And that was getting Kurt Warner in place. They had kind of built this whole thing and then go on this really magical run.
And, you know, it so happened that it was in the state of Missouri. And, you know, maybe the same thing is happening for Andy Reid, where, you know, coached all those years in Philadelphia, didn't quite get where he wanted to go, got to Kansas City, got the right quarterback, and now is finally getting another chance. Lindsay, this was fantastic. Thanks for helping us just unpack Andy Reid's incredible journey so far and enjoy the rest of the week in Miami. Well, thank you so much, Kate. It was great to talk to you. For Lindsay's wonderful piece on the passion to win one for Big Red, just click the link in the description notes of today's podcast. Coming up in the next few weeks here on The Update. We'll get into Barry Bonds missing out on the hall yet again with Giants beat writer Grant Brisby. We'll look back on Super Bowl 54 with the San Francisco 49ers. And on our next show, we'll get fired up for that Super Bowl with the best Niners hype man in the business, Ronnie Lott. That's right, Ronnie and his four Super Bowl rings going to join us on Friday. All right, that's your update for today. If you're enjoying the pod, we'd love for you to rate, review, and subscribe as that'll keep us going here at the Athletic Podcast Network. For all of us here at The Update, I'm Kate Scott. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again on Friday. Thank you.